looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day. This is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. This is Past the Post, Sunday, November 13. Thanks for your company this morning. Plenty coming up over the next hour because we'll look back at all of the highlights of Eastern Seaboard Racing. Of course, at Dooman yesterday, the listed Keith Nab was the feature. A track record was broken. We'll talk about that a little later in the program. Of course, it was the Hunter at Newcastle, the third running of the Hunter. And a big day at Cranbourn, Cranbourn Cup Day, as Ben Dorries joins me. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Tinge of sadness today, Dave. This is my last show with you for a few months. I, I saw a few... had a quick uh, beer with you last night. I saw a few tears in your eyes, so very emotional for us both. Yeah, well, that's the way you've, <laughs> you've put it. Hey, um, uh, speaking of, of records, the, the track record broken at Duma, but records flew everywhere. There were Yesterday at Duma, there was a track record and four class records broken, and at Cranbourn, not to be outdone, there were four track records broken there. Are you going to parlay this into a conversation about race times? Is this where we're going? Oh, no. Uh, Surely you've done some work on times, knowing that times were going to be a talking point this morning. Well, I can, tell, I can tell you this. There were some fast times yesterday. They were very fast. But, um, yeah, look, I, I've got to say that Holyfield uh, won sensationally well in Brisbane. And as you say, there were some uh, some really nippy horses. Jigsaw just went bananas at Cranbourne and kept going. Just flew along. It was one that did break a record. And, of course, Holyfield, as you mentioned, we'll chat with Brody Loy later in the program who rode Holyfield to victory. Trent uh, Bustin will join us. Uh, he and his partner, Natalie Young, had a great day at Cranbourne, their home track. They won the Cup and uh, two other races. A bit to talk about there. But we'll concentrate on Newcastle firstly. As we said, it was the running of the, the Hunter, the million-dollar feature for the city there. But the other races, including with the Spring Stakes and the Beaufort as well, will come to them shortly. But let's go to the Hunter first up. Big field here over the 1,300 metres. There was Queensland representation with Apache Chase, who carried saddlecloth number one as they straighten for the run home now and it's in the Congo in front from Apache Chase, two lengths then to Gravina from Valana 300 metres to run in the Congo and Apache Chase stride for stride in the Congo from Apache Chase and now Valana is given the cue and quickly Valana moved up to join in the Congo it's Valana in the Congo Valana with a head in front and Valana just beats in the Congo, Gravina third Apache Chase fourth, then by Arameo, swats that closing off together with Skylab. Further back to Brutality from Skyman Overpass, Bandersnatch, Gem Song, Tycoonus, Lion's Roar, Ingratiating, and uh, and Berry came off 11 11 at some point about the 100 metre mark. Nashville Rowilla riding Valana for Godolphin and James Cummings. They've had a fantastic spring and another feature race win there yesterday. He's a good horse, Valana. A little bit under the radar type horse. He's had the 10 starts now for six wins. We saw him here in the winter. He won the Fred Best and uh, he was he was safely held in the Stradbroke. But this campaign, he's won the, the Silver Eagle, um, midfield in the... In fact, a bit better than midfield in the Golden Eagle and the Hunter winner yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I swapped text with Vin Cox from Godolphin this morning just to see... Oh, I had a little whisper this horse could potentially head over to Perth now. Um, well, you know... It was certainly on the table for discussion and got a text back saying it's certainly been discussed, see how he is and, and what and where our aspirations lie down the track. So, um, yeah, be interesting to monitor over the next couple of days. And Nashua Willow was just at his vigorous best there, wasn't he? Um, you know, we just urged that you know, horse over the line like we, we, we know he can. So, yeah, quality 
quality win and just another star on a star-studded spring for the Godolphin stable. They've just won so many big races, haven't they? And, and Gravina, of course, the stable made acquitted itself. Well, Apache Chase, look, I've got to say, he's, and I might get into trouble from the connections here, he's just not finding the line as well as we've seen him do it before. Now, yesterday, here we start, it wasn't run at a fast speed early, and, and, and which is evidenced by the fact the first four over the line were the first four in running, so... But he was slow away, though. Like he, he, oh. he was, he was slow. I mean, that's not probably an excuse. But he, and he did run fourth. He was only beaten. He was beaten less than two and a half lengths. Um, you know, he had to had to use a bit of petrol. I thought early after a bit of a slow start. Yeah. So look, not not the greatest run of his career. But uh, you know, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just. Well, <laughs> he he was he was very honest. Don't don't get me wrong. You're running fourth at a million dollar race, but he's just not giving that killer punch that we know he can do. And. Uh, you talk about being slowly away. He did end up, I thought, got across pretty comfortably. But Desley Forster was mentioning that that's been a habit he's developed, which is not a good one, particularly when you're racing at the top level. So interesting to see where he heads now, Apache Chase, because there are a lot of options on the table where uh, Desley can go. Uh, you that know, race up Toowoomba, perhaps, on that's um, what, yeah. on uh, New, Year's, New Year's Eve. Um, King of the Mountain. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, the field for that, I think, will start shaping up a bit. I was talking to Tony Sears yesterday. He's looking at Steady Ready. He's, he's youngster. Uh, he, the owner of Steady Ready, the Singaporean owner, has a slot in that race. So, potentially, I think we could see Steady Ready in that Gold Coast meeting in a couple of weeks. Really explosive youngster. Um, you know, could um, add a bit of intrigue there to that Toowoomba race. Let's go to the uh, black type race, the spring stakes for the three-year-olds. Here's the replay. Into the straight now, and Basquiat just lead from Token Capitalist, Redenta the inside, two lengths away, then to Kazalark, who's grinding away, further back to save a date for me, it's Redenta the inside of Basquiat, Token Capitalist, Miss Fabergé picking up on the rails, Pierossa and Robusto wide out, they're all across the track, Kazalark and Pierossa, Pierossa went through to win the spring stakes, Pierossa just from Kazalark and Robusto. Followed then by Starliner, Lake Candos, Cosmos, Miss Fabergé made ground towards the rails from Token Capitalist. Then came Rodina from Basquiat, Say You Battle, Save a Date for Me, and Talento. Well, Peter and Paul Snowden have a fantastic association with Triple Crown syndications. You think of Red Zell, you think of Marzu. It was Pierre Rossa, though, for the team and a host of other owners, a filly by Piero, as the name suggests. She was having only a sixth start and she was set out at good odds. Yeah, she was. And I've got to say, in the straight, I watched this replay a couple of times. Like she, she never actually really looked like she was going to win until the last oh, few strides. She looked like she was She was just sort of... Just... I, th- I thought exactly the same thing watching it. I, I didn't watch the race live, and so I watched the replay this morning. And at the, even at the 100 metres... I thought uh, she's going to run a nice fifth or sixth or yeah. something. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'd say there's good signs for this um, filly over a longer distance, given the way that she ran yesterday. I mean, you think she's probably going to eat up more ground, so... Perhaps even a Queensland Oaks horse next year. You never know. Let's go to the, the ninth race of the day. And, by gee, it was a day to Newcastle yesterday. Ten races, only two favourites were successful. There were a lot of double-figure price winners. This was one of them, Cole Crusher, but it was well-backed at good odds. Coming around the turn, Cole Crusher in front, Titanium Power under plenty of pressure. Coteel gets on his bike, and so does Weha Harfalls hooking to the outside. And a long gap back in the field, then to Democracy Manifest. Cole Crusher in front from Coteel. Weha Harfalls not going well. Favourite struggling, and Cole Crusher's kicked and kicked well clear inside the 100 metres from Coteel. Democracy Manifest late on the outside, but Cole Crusher won it brilliantly. Weha Harfalls second, just in front of Democracy. 
Democracy Manifest and Lock Eagle fourth. Then came Coteal from Never Talk, acquitted Festival Dancer, Super Strike running on, from Never No More, Superium, Jojo as a man, Royal Zella, and Titanium Pound knocked up to finish last. Well, Glenn Schofield really dictated the terms there. He uh, went to the front, set up shops, stacked them up and sprinted them home. Joe Pride trains Cold Crusher, and he was uh, 26 into 18. He's now won seven from 17, but... Uh, very good front-running performance. They were never going to catch him. Absolutely. I reckon the most the, the most disappointed man in Australia with that race was probably the caller, Darren Flindell. You could just tell he was urging <laughs> democracy manifest. He, he wanted to call that horse home again, didn't he? So, he certainly did. But, <laughs> but you're right. And well, Hey Hey Falls, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to make of it. I know uh, the guys from over the ditch have a really strong opinion of this horse and... You know, battled nicely to the line, but never looked like a winning chance, as you said. Yeah, big weight, even with the claim, 61 and a half. It was a sprint home. Cold Crusher did dominate. So he was, I think when Cold Crusher really uh, turned it on, he was left a little flat-footed and coming to the line, he was he was probably going as well as anything, but it was just um, tempo-related and, and, and a big weight. He wasn't disgraced at all, of course, missing a run in the Hunter. Let's go to the other feature race of the day at Newcastle yesterday. This was for the stays, the Beaufort, over 2,300 metres. Turning for home now. And King Frankel being wound up with a very light weight on his back. King Frankel a length clear from Gin Martini. Our candidate, Cucaracha, down to the 200 metres. King Frankel, he's staying well. He's two lengths clear now. Cucaracha goes to second. They drop the other two. Gin Martini now candidate. But King Frankel is racing away. And the favourite set for a big wing. King Frankel from Cucaracha. Gin Martini third. Then Atlandos, our candidate. Sound of cannons. And fun fact was last to finish. King Frankel's an import, and uh, Mark Newton has done a very good job with him in a relatively short time. He's only had the four starts for the stable, three wins and a third. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> I think um, there was no more surprise man on course than Tyler Schiller when that horse led yesterday. I don't think they wanted to lead, but found a very easy lead. From there, it was interesting. Um, you know, they, they sort of thought this horse was, you know, a bit one-paced and, and what have you, but he found a real sprint at the end. Like when he was, you know, another horse loomed up to him there early in the straight and you thought, you know, what's going to happen here? But just zoomed away from them. So got a very impressive future. I'm not doing this on purpose. Oh, here we go. This is time. Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not uh, doing it on purpose, but I tell you what. Fast uh, time? Slow time? No, very slow Ooh. time, but very quick, <laughs> but very quick uh, last 600 metres. But the point I'm trying to make is that, he really did have a picnic in front. They ran the last 600 in 33.62. That's at the end of a 2,300-metre race. and That shows you how slowly they were going. So you're, you're laughing at me, but you're learning. Surely you're learning something. Surely you've learned something over the last four or five months. Yeah, I'll, get about, I'll get about as much interest in race times as, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I do in having a very, very spicy hot vindaloo or something. This was zero interest, but anyway. Yeah, anyway. Different strokes for different blokes, mate. And, and, well, well, exactly, exactly. Times do make the... I'm not going to go up. See, I'm more of an eye man. I just look, watch a race, watch a horse, and I think, that's a good horse. I don't necessarily delve into the times it's run, but perhaps I should. Maybe I might back a few more. I think you should. I think you should. Let's leave Newcastle, and uh, (laughs) we'll go to to Cranman now, and we'll have a listen to the the feature, the Cranman Cup over the 1,600 metres.
as they come around the turn there's been nowhere to hide no surrender lightsaber joined by Buffalo River three wide visionary and Uncle Bryn who's looping them and takes the lead early in the straight at the 150 Uncle Bryn goes for home three lengths in front ironclad visionary call sign Mav but it's all Uncle Bryn another cup on the mantelpiece for Mark Zara Uncle Bryn won it well from call sign Mav visionary third from ironclad then flash our Buffalo River next to finish in the race was no effort in company with lightsaber no surrender and then our playboy and Buckhurst last in a very solidly run Ladbrokes Cranbourne Cup Matt Hill was certainly right solidly run indeed they they hiked along from the get-go so much so that Uncle Bryn broke the track record 135-34 the, the record was held by a horse called Youthful it stood for 18 years so it's a rigid edge record and Beaten by Uncle Bryn, Trent Buston and Natalie Young had a great day at Cranbourne yesterday. And Trent's joining us this morning. Trent, congratulations. Terrific day yesterday. Thank you very much, Mike. Much appreciated. This horse, Uncle Bryn, um, he's developing well. You only gave him a light autumn campaign, but this campaign has been really profitable for you. Winning yesterday, half-million-dollar race, won the Sale Cup, uh, Group 3 placed in, in the naturalism. You must be really happy w- with where he's come along th- this time. Yeah, he's uh, obviously a horse that we've had a fair bit of time for, and he's um, looked good. So we sort of, he's, uh, he's as you say, he's had a very good spring. When you look back through his uh, sort of spring campaign, is it the natural? Like I know he's won a few races. He, he won terrifically well yesterday, but the naturalism run behind um, Smoke and Robins kind of stands out on stalks now with Smoke and Robins winning winning the Turnbull. That's that's good form, isn't it? And Gold Trip was third as well. Yeah, and sort of we were. At that stage, we were aiming up at a Caulfield Cup um, program and, and hoping to win the naturalism to get into the race. And then when he, he obviously got beat, we sort of um, had a look at things and he wasn't going to be a realistic chance of getting in the Cup. And we thought maybe, you know, he might be better at this stage, kept to a mile. Um, so sort of went back down that way and headed out towards sale. What about yesterday? Um, we, we mentioned the track record, but that's you know even adds further merit to the performance. But it was a very strong speed. But I tell you what, I've never seen a horse going so easily or like a winner coming to the turn. If you were on him, and I was, you were very happy because he was just cantering coming to the turn, wasn't he? Yeah, we sort of. It looked like it was going to be a hot speed race, but sometimes they don't pan out as they look. But yesterday it did, obviously, and he sort of. He just got the gun run, and that's that's obviously where he's best. He, he can quicken up or for hot speed. Um, yeah, and I, I was the same watching it. it. was pretty painless, but, yeah, you don't want to go early. But, yeah, he, he looked to have him covered on the on the turn and, and uh, certainly did. Was it always in the blueprint, Trent, to send him to Sydney for that rich race, the five diamonds down there, and then bring him back and, and back him up a week later or not? You there, brother? Oh, sorry, Ben. Just <laughs> cut out there. No, you're right. Um, I was just, yeah, just, I was just saying. Was it always in the blueprint to, to send him to Sydney for that uh, five diamonds, a rich race down there, and then back him up in the Cranbourne Cup a week later? Not so much the backup. Um, sort of once we changed away from a Caulfield Cup, we uh, identified that race as, you know, two million dollars is for restricted is hard to um, hard to ignore. But obviously, they they still get good horses. Ellsberg, he's a proper Group One horse and, and won the race accordingly, but. Um, then he was coming back and we just thought on the home track we'll throw in a nom and see how he does in the week and he um, had a good week at the beach without doing anything 
and uh, so we, we had a crack. Trent, do you pull up stumps after yesterday or do you look to a race like, say, the Eclipse in a fortnight at Caulfield? Uh, no, I've still got to talk to the owners and, and Natalie and work it out, but more than likely we'll, we'll go to the paddock. Potentially, we're just having a look at things now, maybe um, the race in Perth in, in three weeks, 1,800-metre race. Um, but sort of we're, we're just nutting things out now. What about this Braden Star? Talk about an exciting horse, an import, first up in Australia. Uh, it just goes bang. And, and, you know, a few overseas judges told me that if this horse turned up half fit, he'd be winning you. So I don't know how fit he was. But, gee whiz, he looks exciting, hey? Yeah, he's uh, obviously come over with the good form lines and exactly that. If, if he was holding those form lines, he was probably always going to win. Uh, but it's never that easy for sure. But we were certainly um, happy with him going into the race and what we'd seen of him at the jump outs. Um, but luckily he, did, he turned up on the day. What's his sort of profile, Trent? Like, I mean, you know, what sort of horse is he going to be in Australian conditions? Is he going to be a miler, you know, a sprinter? Can you stretch him out? What's he going to be, do you think? No, he'll definitely be a 2,000-metre-plus horse. Um, okay. He doesn't have a electric turn of foot, sort of. He just builds through his gears, and, and Ollie rode him accordingly, sort of made sure he was winding into it at the right time. But um, no, I'd say we'll see the best of him once he gets out over a trip. And what's the immediate plan for him after yesterday? Um, we'll look to give him one more run um, and then tip him out for a break and bring him back for the autumn. But he was only rated 67 going into that race yesterday. So, you know, he's only a one-one horse. Um, so there's plenty of uh, races to build through the grades and try and pick up as much prize money as possible. And the horse will tell us how high he goes. And you, you win earlier, um, Trent. You had three in the, the Cranbourne Classic, the, the the roughest of them, the $21 chance Sarangoon one. Was that a surprise to you or not? Oh, you're not going in there saying a 20-to-1 shot's going to win, but we, we thought he'd run well. We sort of, he'd only had the three starts, and his previous start, he, he didn't cop the wet track of the, of the uh, I think it was Melbourne Cup day, so back on top of the ground, we, we thought he'd run well, but um, like it, it wasn't the strongest of races, to be honest, for, for 175,000, and credit to the club, you know, for putting on fantastic stake money like that, so uh, we sort of through three in there, and lucky enough, they picked up a bit of prize money for their connections. And last one, thanks for your time. Your lovely partner, Natalie Young, just give us a bit of an update. Obviously, she, she had a bit of a, well, not a bit of a, a significant health scare, you know, six months or so ago. Um, you know, breast cancer, obviously. How's the, you know, she's, you know, how's she? Is she, she going well? She's good. She was uh, obviously pretty excited yesterday, as, as she should be. Um, <laughs> But uh, all the, she's been through the chemo and the radiation, so all the treatment's finished and all the scans were clear. So uh, we're very fortunate and we'll just uh, move on now. That's great to hear. And I've got one more. Uh, Sierra Sue, she didn't race in the spring. Has she been retired or is she just spelling? Uh, she had a date with I'm Invincible, so uh, hopefully she's in full, but she certainly won't be back. Excellent news. Good on you, Trent. Congratulations. Great day to you and that yesterday. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Here's Trent Bussenden and Nat Young. They prepared three of the nine winners. And um, Uncle Bryn's a nice horse, but I agree with you. Uh, that Braden Star looked pretty exciting. Yeah, well, it was funny that, I mean, the question I asked about, um, you know, what he was sort of going to be, like he'd been running over a few sprint, sprint trips overseas and, and stretched out a bit. So it was just interesting to hear Trent say that he's going to be a 2,000-metre-plus horse. So 
I mean, you know, if they can, they obviously have to boost his rating significantly. But I mean, if they can do that in the autumn, I mean, if that's not a spring horse, I'm I'm not here. So I know maybe didn't beat much yesterday, and it was a low, lowly sort of rated race. But I mean, you know, gee whiz, you've got to, you've got to start somewhere. You do. And, of course, they carry the same colours. Seymour Bloodstock and, and Darren Thomas uh, plays a big part in the uh, busted and young operation. Let's go to the feature sprint yesterday. This was the Apache Cat Classic. Around the turn, 300 metres to go. Jigsaw just in front of Midwest, and then I Am War a length off those from Sartorial Splendor. Next, I Am War and Scissor Step. Still Jigsaw, 150 metres to go. Two lengths Midwest, Sartorial Splendor, Scissor Step, but it's Jigsaw still going. A relentless gallop, and Jigsaw wins it well. Jigsaw from Sartorial Splendor, Midwest, Scissor Step, then Ashford Street. I Am War Shimino, he's a bolter, well back in the field, ranting and Ancestry and William Thomas couldn't get warm. Well, Jigsaw, another local, this time Cindy Alderson, who trains her team at Cranbourne, uh, set Jigsaw for this race first up. He drew the rails gate. It was a frantic speed, yet he had the audacity then to kick away and they never looked like catching him. So all honours with him, he burned the candle both ends. Yeah, was that Jigsaw or was it Nature Strip? That was <laughs> unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, there were some very, very fast horses in that race. There were several likely leaders and... Um, just went bang, and you sort of thought in the last couple of hundred metres this horse is going to get tired and, you know, run an honest second or third, which probably would have been a good result. But I yeah, don't know how it kept kicking, but it did and was back from 7.50 into 6.50 late. So a few punters um, saw something that perhaps I didn't going into that race. And the time was there to prove it, 57.24. I, I didn't need to look at the time to tell you that that was a bloody fast race. I just watched the race. I thought, oh, that's a fast race. See, we come up with the same conclusion, don't we? We do. Ethan Brown rode the winner. He uh, was suspended earlier in the day uh, on Greece in the fourth race. She was a little disappointing. Um, she was expected to win, didn't lead, but uh, they think a bigger track might help her. Let's have a listen to that Braden star win the sixth race yesterday. So Thala Liberty steps at the 400 metres clear of Staunch who's been ridden along from Cantina Braden Star with four or five to pick up Thala grabbed by Liberty steps at the top of the straight, 200 metres to go, it's Liberty steps, hands and heels from Thala, Staunch, Braden Star and Victory Bay the outside Braden Star now swept up took the lead from Staunch, Braden Star from Staunch, Braden Star too good, pulled away from Salisbury to Cranbourne, won at three quarters of a length, Staunch second, Liberty steps or Victory Bay for the mile Behind those horses, Voltan, and then came Day in Heaven. Back behind them, Cantina in company with Flight to the Moon. Thala dropped away, and at the tail, come on, Eileen. Yeah, there was Braden Star. Good performance. Uh, he was back wide, but with cover. But when Ollie let him loose, he, he looped them and, and won impressively. Also, a, a more than honourable mention to the first winner, the two-year-old Remedies, Godolphin again. This is a filly by Sepoy out of Virage de Fortune. Does that ring a bell? With yeah, you? I remember Virage de Fortune. I reckon I backed that horse a few times. She was a very good, uh, very good mare that uh, was trained by Bruce McLaughlin. She was uh, a multiple feature winner. So um, she was uh, impressive. Remedies of the first gave nothing else to look in. So continuing the fantastic spring for Godolphin. Let's take a break here on Past the Post and come back and we'll concentrate on the meeting at Doombin yesterday. You're listening to Radio Tab's Pass the Post with David Fowler and Ben Dorries. Yes, of course, Pass the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Archerparkracing.com.au is the website. There's 20% left in an encryption youngster that's trained by Chris Munz. Chris is having a great run with his two-year-olds this season, Miss Cooter 
and Freeman, but you can still buy into the encryption youngster. Uh, that's on the website, archerparkracing.com.au. I did tell you last week that they were going to unveil a good one at the Sunshine Coast, Golden Boom. Certainly went boom. Boom, all right. Boom, crash opera. It uh, won by, I think, six lengths and 57... <laughs> 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 Even I've said I've got to pull up. But it did run very fast time. That's all I'll say. So I, I think that horse is in the Sunshine Coast next week, potentially. And there's it. another... I forget the name of it, but there's another potentially quite good stable mate that's going to contest the same race and might be a chance of knocking off the good horse, perhaps. Hidden Wealth. I uh, can't remember. It won its maiden at, um, at Ipswich on Oak State. Uh, so they've got a, of course, spiritualizers getting ready to come back as well. So everything's shaping up well for the Archer Park Racing team. But you can find it everything on their website, archerparkracing.com.au. Well, let's turn our attention to Dooman yesterday. We started on a good four. The track should have been reassessed earlier in the day, but it wasn't. But uh, the track was uh, in, in razor-sharp order. Let's have a listen to the feature that listed Keith Nowd. It was a very good betting race, but in the end, Garibaldi was the best back runner and ran the favourite. Into the first bend, 800 left to run. Tavisan hiking along in front leads Emerald Kingdom by a neat length. Racing third, Miss Divine M, but she's doing it tough off the track. Holyfield getting a charm run fourth the rail, and right behind them, Garibaldi poised in fifth. Proper rogue, Salatine, Bandapur, last chance at Vinco. First 634.53, they're flying up front. Tavisan came up to the turn leading. Emerald Kingdom's had a hard run. Holyfield looking for the way clear. There's not quite a run there, or is there? Yes, there is, and now Garibaldi Baldy comes to the outside. Salatine up to fifth. 2.50 left to run. Tavisan grabbed by Holyfield. Garibaldi is trying to get Holyfield. Then Emerald Kingdom and Salatine. Holyfield in front. Garibaldi's going to do the danger. But Holyfield in for the fight. Really in for the fight. Holyfield straight to the line. Won the Keith down. But Garibaldi, Tavisan, Foto fourth. Salatine or last chance. Then it came at the head of the others. Emerald Kingdom, Bandapur, Proper Rogue, Vinco, and Mr. Vine M. Last time, have a look at the time, if you don't mind. 17.74. And that was the only the third horse in Dooman's history to break 1.8. Uh, beat Jonker's record, which was set in this race two years ago at 17.83. And, of course, Jonker beat the record of... Then... Absolutely no idea. But I'm sure you'll tell me. Takeover target. Well, of course. It was on the tip of my tongue, David. He ran 17.88 in 2005. But uh, that's a, that was a, a rigid edge track record, but a very fast run yesterday by Holyfield. Brody Loy riding for trainer Annabelle Neesham and given a perfect run. Yeah, absolutely. You're using the term rigid did a lot today. Is that um, that's new? Is it in your repertoire? Or? I think I've used it once. No, twice. Stop gibbering. Let's have a chat now with Brody Lloyd, the winning jockey. Brody, good morning. Congratulations. Thanks very much, mate. Um, yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty nice to get the win on uh, yeah, a horse that's been pretty good to me. You rode this horse in uh, two barrier trials going into yesterday. Did you think he'd be fit enough to win first up yesterday? Uh, fit, fitness, like he's he's obviously looking at still a little bit big and but he's just been so relaxed in his work. That's what I was most confident about. So he, he was just just got a, a really, really good bowling tempo. But when he's relaxed, he actually has that really nice turn of foot, which we seen yesterday, and then he can maintain it. So he's, um, yeah, he's he's obviously come back in, in really good order, and he looks amazing. And, yeah, all credit to the team at, at home. They, they've got him looking super. And my brother rides him every day that I don't gallop him. So um, he was pretty, pretty stoked. So, um 
yeah, no, it was all, all good. You talk about team, you sort of hear that word a lot in racing, but I sense this Annabelle Neesham Satellite Stable in, in Brisbane is a real team, isn't it? I mean, you you, you you get sort of a lot of satisfaction from from successes. I know you, you, your lovely partner has got a key role in the stable and you're, you're all great mates and it's, it's uh, you know, you were taking on the Tony Gollan Army there yesterday, so that must have been lovely satisfaction, not just for you, but for everyone involved. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, with the... A small, a smallish team up here. Um, there's a there's a few people that are actually um, in a relationship that work at the stable, and they've got the staff house. They all live together, and um, and obviously my partner's um, foreman there as well. And Todd, he's, he does a great job with good mates and so on. So it's um, obviously yeah, quite a, quite a little close team. And like I said, my brother's there as well now working. So um, good little team. And like I said, Annabelle and I have been. Um, obviously had a good good relationship from from day one, so it's it's obviously great to move up here, mainly for Herbert starting to spread my wings a little bit and to get um knock off a feature race yesterday for it's it's obviously very rewarding. Is it true that you you jokingly refer to Annabelle as mum? Yeah, she's she's in my phone. She's in my phone as mum, but um, yeah, she's um, she's she's that's been obviously great for my career and really put me back back in the. In the lights, and obviously, uh, yeah, a few stakes winners and um, regular Saturday races as well now. So, yeah, it's, it's, the team's going great, and we have, yeah, they have a really good team. But just riding, obviously, a lot of outside work as well, um, trying to pick up more and more rides, and hopefully that's a good kick along and can start getting on horses for Tony Gollan and O'Day and so on and so forth. So it's um, obviously a great time of year now. So hopefully we can, uh, yeah, execute. The, the plan. You know this horse well because you rode him in the eyeline of the victory, riding him yesterday in a track record-breaking performance. Last year in the Magic, or well, this year in the Magic Millions Carnival, he ran second in the, the Magic Millions Cup, the 1,400-metre race. Do you think he's a better horse at 1,200, which you ran him at yesterday, <laughs> or do you think he'll be better at 1,400? Look, he's actually just an extremely quirky horse. Like When you think you've got him worked out, he um, throws a spanner in the works, but um, I thought he he might be might not have the turn of foot uh, the rest of them have yesterday, but he he definitely showed up and um, obviously the there's two races of he of he I think there's a 1200 and a and a 14, but like we always thought his pet distance is 14, but um, who knows he might have come back even sharper, but he uh, I think the the dam she won a, a group one over a mile, um, and then obviously I'm invincible that sprint. That he's got, so look, he's um, he's come back in really great order, and 1400 is the plan. Um, obviously, plans change, but he's on, he's on track for a really good preparation, and I'm sure um, Annabelle and Todd will send him there, trained up to the T. Um, but yeah, he's he's obviously been good to me. Uh, he had 54 last time, Magic Moon, so hopefully he gets a bit more weight this year. Yeah. Just on the weight, like every tall jockey, I mean, weight's a constant constant challenge. Where are you at sort of with your weight? What can you ride at comfortably? I know you've done a few funky things this year, like you, I think you went to a you know, a fitness wellness retreat in North New South Wales. How, how do you sort of try and keep things in check? Yeah, I actually started like a, a few weeks ago now. Um, I was just having a sweat at my gym and a fair few boxes and stuff go there and... Um, they got me onto a dietitian, um, Jordan Sullivan. He, he does Israel out of Sun News fighting today, and a, a few other um, good UFC fighters. And my weight's probably never been better. Just stacks of water and 
cutting down um, food and kind of manipulating my body a little bit to to get um, feeling a lot better, I guess, at, at a nice weight. So slowly getting it down, but 56 is, is where we're at at the moment, but um, feeling very comfortable and feeling good doing it. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's been good the last few weeks and just got to maintain now a bit of consistency and keep, keep rolling. We mentioned your association with Annabelle Nisha. We should also mention that Matt Dunn's given you a lot of opportunities as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's obviously down there in Moolabar. Um, so I don't get to ride much work for him, but he's been a great supporter and had a lot of success for him lately. So um, he, he's been great. He's he's a really really good guy and has a great stable. So um, yeah, just building up connections more and more, and yeah, hopefully can keep keep turning up and getting the job done. And pay the, the bills. <laughs> you got more money than me, Brady. Don't worry about that. You can pay some of mine if you like. Um, did, <laughs> did the um, did the move from the Gold Coast to Brisbane? Uh, did that sort of change things up a bit? Obviously, you, you, you know, you, you're in the city now. You've moved. You know, the staff have moved. The horses have moved. You know, is it a bit, bit of a different feel to the place, or is it just a sort of same old, same old in a in a new environment? Um, it's probably probably similar thing. There's obviously uh, the Gold Coast are just going through their revamp, and I'm sure they're going to have a state of art facility um, in a few years, but. Um, at this point in time, I think the Eagle Farm option is the best option for the horses and, and the staff, and everyone was pretty happy to move up here. And yeah, it's a bit different. Um, the beaches are obviously a bit different. We're at the Nudgee Beach now. Actually, took the, took the dogs down, and yeah, it's not crystal clear water, but um, it's still very nice. Brisbane, there's a lot of lot of lot of things here to do and see, and and keeps you pretty busy. So, well, we're, I think everyone's pretty happy at the moment up here, and um, just start to come into summer, which is which is beautiful. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all going well. So um, hopefully the staff keep happy and the horses are happier. Congratulations on yesterday. A perfect ride, a track record-breaking performance, and he, he's a horse I know is near and dear to you, Holyfield. Thanks for, thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks very much, guys. There is Brody Lloyd, who's riding very well, and you did make a prediction earlier in the season that... He would be a serious player, and that's turning out that way. Yeah, he just needs to keep his weight under control a, a bit. Like, he, you know, he's, he's obviously, you know, there's only certain weights he can ride at. You know, actually, about a month ago, he tried to get me involved in one of these fitness retreats or fitness camps, you know, boot camps. He did. Why didn't he ask me? Well, I thought... I was the logical I, choice, I gave surely. a consideration for, like, two seconds, yeah. and then said, oh, look, no, sorry, I'm busy. If you had a choice between that and studying about times in racing, what would you take? Probably times in racing. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, shows, you how, <laughs> shows you how little you were going to do that. Well, I, I've never been, you know, a, a gym man. Like, you know, I'm not in peak physical condition, but I, I leave me out of gyms, you know, I'll happily go for a walk with a dog or something like that. I don't want to go down this path because it doesn't end well for me, but let's <laughs> let's talk about uh, Holyfield. Um, yeah, look, he's a, a good horse, Holyfield, and I think he's also, you know, he can still be improving because he's not overly raced. He's... He's a five-year-old. That was only his 25th start yesterday. Well, they reckon that they said an a sort of quote, like he was fat as a house in the yard yesterday. So, I mean, like he started, you know, solid in the market at $5. So he wasn't a drifter off the way he looked. But clearly, um, you know, he's a good horse. There was some expectation he'd run well. But I, I reckon he defied expectations because I, I think there's so much more fitness to come. So it would be interesting to see where he ends up. Of the Tony Gollum Brigade, Garibaldi, Geez, a tease sometimes, isn't he? He got sort of close. Look, looked like he was going to challenge, but didn't. Uh, Tavisan, I thought, you know, set the pace, held on pretty well for third, and then, you know, it was um, sort of 
a fair way back to everything else. Yeah, I'm actually going to go into bat for Garibaldi, which is unusual for I'm him. not potting Garibaldi. No, no. But, but, but I think he ran as well as he could when they're running that sort of time. And I, I think Holyfield's a very good horse. I mean, and his record shows that as well. That was his second listed win yesterday. But he's also won two Group 3 races. So he's no slouch, Holyfield. He's a, he'll be a player during the summer carnival. Uh, but Garibaldi tried his heart out. He didn't lose any ground on Holyfield. And the fact... I'm going to be a little bit forgiving for the beaten division as well because when you're running, what was it, one one seven point seven four, they just go fast from start yeah. to finish. You can't make ground. It's it's impossible to make ground. Tavisan's run to finish third under the circumstances was good as well because he did all the the, the hard yards up the front. Well, it was funny <clears throat> before the race. I was standing next to Grant Morgan, who you know obviously syndicated Tavisan in those famous yellow colours that Brazen Bow wore. And I said, what would be a good result for you here? How do you think this will play out? He said, we'll lead. There'll be nothing to lead us and we'll run third. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. So I wouldn't like to take him on on the poker table. 100%. Let's go to the last race of the day. This was uh, uh, a benchmark 80, but a very strong one. It was a powerful betting race. And one of those that was a market mover was Petronius. The official fluctuations on the day, 16 into 9, but they bet better. Here's how it panned out. First split strong, 34-69, up to the turn of the last extremist. Can she extend this winning sequence? Turns in front from Petronius, being called upon. Orbison waiting for Arana. Enterprise Pom can't get clear. And then came RNT. In the straight, though, Petronius really putting it to extremist from Orbison. Then Enterprise Pom and RNT, they can't quite reach them. On the outside, Petronius is narrowly in front. Extremist is fighting on. Petronius has got it narrowly. Extremist is running second. And Petronius, Petronius pulls off a plunge. Beats Extremist, photo third. Release the beans out wide. Not far away, Magnus Bellagio with Enterprise Pom. Orbison and RNT just behind them. And then Mobbuster, well back, was say higher than high cost Colpo D10 Bureau. Second last was Subterranean. At last over the line, five Oxford in the final event. I've only got four words to say to our next guest. Well played, Mr. Lockwood. Thank you, David. Congratulations. Um, now, I, I was listening to you have a chat with, with Bernie Cooper after the last. Uh, I think you mentioned, or Bernie might have mentioned, that $34 was available, but you claimed that you didn't get any of that. No, no, I didn't get the 34 i never seen that, but uh, it was all right. All right, picking a bit further down the tree. <laughs> uh, t- tell us, uh, now the race has been run and won, and he's, he's run a class record, 18.32. It's an outstanding gallop. What did you think going into the race yesterday? Because this was a good benchmark 80. Yeah, it was a good uh, race. Uh, I think things just panned out for him well because he, uh, the actual race, uh, plenty of speed um, with uh, Orbison and also um, Rob Sawyer's extremist. I thought, well, there'll be a speed and hopefully we can get across on the back of one of them, which panned out anyway. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, the race was probably run very much to suit him and that, that was what we thought would happen and strange enough it did happen so that was good. <laughs> well laid plans. Leading into the race he, he trialled really well at mm. at uh, Doombin uh, a couple of weeks back and he'd been working really well. He won a trial at Yapoon before he came down to see us so he was certainly on track. Tell us a bit about the owner, Rodney Hay. He's a, a trainer from Taroom. He's also an owner. He has horses racing all around Queensland. I think he's moving to Chinchilla. He's bought the uh, you know, Wally Gleeson's property, obviously, where Rothfire was raised. Uh, he sounds like a real character, your owner, here with this horse. Now, look, 
You there, Barry? Yeah, yeah I've just lost you there somewhere. That's right. Ben was just asking about uh, the owner, Rodney Hay. Tell us how you came to be associated with him. Well, I, I don't know the man at all. Um, uh, how it happened, uh, uh, Tash Chambers was um, pre-training the horse for him up there. How that happened too is he, he bought the horse online and um, someone from Massaras, whether it was John or Paul, rang him and said that uh, they shouldn't he shouldn't travel the horse much because he... He gets uh, travel sickness. He said, well, he's not much good to me up here because every time I put the float on, you go on six or eight hours. <laughs> so he uh, he said, uh, I'll send him to Brisbane. And and Tash was looking after him up there. And and uh, she said, well, send him to Barry because a friend of hers uh, rides work for me down here. And she said, they'll look after him there. So that's how it come about. But I've never met the man. And... Uh, He's rarely on his phone because he's out in the paddock of no reception. So we spoke again this morning. That's twice in about three days. And what are the plans for this horse going forward? Obviously, um, you know, terrific win to, to kick off his life in Queensland, really. I know he's trolled a few times, but his first Queensland run, what do you what do you sort of, where do you set the bar now? Just having a bit of trouble hearing you there. What, what's the plans for Petronius now? Uh, well... Uh, during the week, I was looking through to see where he was purchased originally, and I found out he bought the Magic Million. So, um, along we'll try and win another restricted race or two, and uh, aim him at that Cup race on Magic Millions Day. It'll be a, you know, that'll be a, a dream come true if we got away with that. But uh, you got to aim for these things. The horse is going very well. Exactly right. Well, he's landed in your stable. You, you struck pay dirt yesterday, and there's a good future for him. Good work yes, all round. Yeah, he's a lovely old horse. He's a strange horse in the stable. He's had a, an early tie-back operation and, because he has a drink of water and everything runs out his nose. He looks quite funny, but uh, <laughs> it doesn't affect his wind anyway. Uh, well, just on that, there were a lot of gear changes to him yesterday. Sorry? There were a lot of gear changes yesterday. Yeah, well, I, I put him in just a tongue control bit, Get the, uh, took the tongue tie off him and cross over nose band because he... He's a really relaxed horse in his work. And I thought we, we trialled him in this tongue control bit and he handled it really well. Georgia Cartwright rode him that day and she said he, he just sounded terrific. And uh, I thought, well, no point uh, going any further with it. We'll just keep him playing and go from there. Good on you, mate. Congratulations on yesterday. Yeah, thanks very much. Harry Lockwood Bye. joining us this morning. And uh, that was well-backed. I mean, 16 to 9, that was a good firm. It was a very strong race. Yeah, I reckon that, you know, you might not know Rodney Hay, the owner, but I reckon the owner might have had something on or someone close close to the horse had something on because, um, yeah, in retrospect, um, should have started $9, not $16 or $30 or whatever it was. It was a big day for Mr Hay. He won the first race at Emerald yesterday with uh, Hiko Bay, who was trained by Clinton Taylor, Chitty Boom's trainer. So he had a good day. But this was, a, as I said, a good race. Extremis was very brave in second. She'll go to a, a Phillies and Mares listed race at the Gold Coast in two weeks' time. Um... Released the beans better yesterday, second up. Thought R&T was disappointing. I thought he had his chance. He had a good run, but he didn't capitalise on it. Enterprise Pom was honest. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what did you make of Enterprise Pom? Because it was a really strong betting move late uh, and was there or thereabouts and looks at the strike, but just never sort of pinged at the end. Mm. And well, it, it comes back to the fact, I suppose, it, it was a very strong benchmark, Andy. They all seemed to have their chance. All the, as I, I think I said in the broadcast, all the big guns of the market found their positions well early. 
thought Orbison had his chance as well. But all on us fairly and squarely with Petronius. Let's go to the seventh race of the day. And uh, Manazzi and Hatchet were the best backrunners here, as well as Ocean Emperor. Coming up to the turn, Ocean Emperor and Wolf Moon have gone too hard from the Tyler. Manazzi fourth about to make a run. Holstein just behind them. Gaius to the outside. Hatchet lost a length or two in the early part of the straight. And Magic Mid Me was the widest runner. Ocean Emperor, despite it going hard as the leader. Manazzi's trying hard. Gaius is running on pretty generously. And now Alberg is coming down the outside with a sweeping run. Here comes Alberg. Alberg going two to their one. Sooner by the tempo. Raced away and won. Beat Indian Dream again. And Ocean Emperor battled on well after going hard up front. Then came Love Planet. Manazzi didn't come on. Then the Tyler Holstein. Hatchet well back was raging. Pole Magic in me. And Wolf Moon a long last in a very fast gallop. 118.08. Strike me pink. Well, they flew like the wind in this race. And uh, under the circumstances, I think the horse to follow out of this race was the horse uh, who missed the place, Ocean Emperor. He was in that speed deal. They, they ran 10,000 time for that first 750. He battled on extremely courageously, but the pace of the race suited Alberg, who was able to sit off the fast tempo and then unwind down the straight. But his trainer wasn't there yesterday. I believe he has an injured wrist or an injured arm, uh, BJ, Brian Smith. It was a day for the veterans yesterday. Barry Lockwood, Brian Smith, they've still got it. And he's done a fantastic job with Alberg, a horse who arrived in the care of BJ with one win from 30, uh, a shocking strike rate. Right? To be fair, it run a lot of placings in good races, but he's found the winning habit now, Albert. Yeah, it came from Michael Moroni, and that win you talk about was at Flemington in uh, December before Christmas, December 2019. So, look, was I'm just looking through his form now. It was just there or thereabouts a lot of the time, a lot of thirds, fourths, seconds, fifths, very rarely around a bad race. But uh, now it's put two on the bounce in Queensland. And we see that a bit, don't we, with horses just getting a new lease of life. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but a bit of sun on their back, a bit of change of environment, new training techniques. Uh, obviously, generally weaker races up here in Queensland than they would face in Victoria. Uh, so good on BJ. And keeping it in the family because it's raced by, pardon, by BJ's wife, Emma, and, of course, very popular owner, Darren Wilson, who I think is fishing at the moment. So he wasn't there yesterday, but I'm sure... He would have it, have it, have would have had an investment on Alberk at six dollars. Let's go to the sixth race of the day. This was the three-year-old. A leisurely first split, 36-22. It's going to be a sprint home. Hugh led Tequila Dancer closing. Northern Express third. Three out was Stroll. Chase Adani's always been wide. Now Counter Beans behind that bunch looking for a runner. And likewise a Catarina who's diving up near the rail. Counter Beans is trying to push into the clear, but there is no clear run. And Alamira's coming right down the outside. Meanwhile, Tequila Dancer went to the lead. Northern Express got out. Then Stroll and Alamira, short of 100 left to run. Northern Express raced up, hit the lead, moving clear, and Northern Express... Express, beat home Alamira, Stroll or Tequila Dancer, a Catarina just behind them. Counter beans, nothing went right. Then Chase and Arnie and Hugh and a long margin Mashani Spartan in 1981. The betting on this race looked like the number was in the frame. Number seven, Counter Beans, black figures to red, heavily backed, but it went pear-shaped at the get-go when it missed away. Then uh, Ben tried to improve, and, and as he did, the horse started to over-race and was always in traffic in the straight, so... Uh, if you're on it, um, I think you've got to wait for another day because inconclusive, just, just too much went wrong. Yeah, absolutely. reckon I might like to back that horse on a wet track, uh, to be honest. I reckon it might, um, you know, and clearly nothing went right there yesterday, but on a wet track might be one to back. Gee, the fluctuations with Stroll told you that uh, that good filly couldn't win. I think um, 
It was three dollars twenty earlier in the week, and officially four dollars to eight dollars fifty. That was a huge, huge drift. Um, Steve O'Day spoke to me a couple of days before the race and said, "Look, there's, um, you know, um, there's a lot, lot to come. You'll see her in the yard. She's not, she's not all there, but did say that you know just a class alone might get her there. Um, I thought she ran well yesterday, um, she considering did. she was first up, you know, over. Um, over twelve hundred, she got beaten less than a length, but uh, I think the fluctuations with Stroll told you the story there. And let's not lose sight or not just um, overlook the winner, Northern Express. He's been a great bunny spinner for the the connections and Michael Nolan. He's had eleven starts after yesterday. That was his fifth win. He's good on wet or dry. He's a horse who can take a position. Um, and uh, things went his way yesterday. He had the box seat run. He got the gap at the right time. So. Maybe excuses for the others, but uh, on the day, everything went the way of Northern Express and he capitalised on it. Yeah, nice to see Jaden Lloyd with a double as well. I get the feeling, uh, I haven't actually spoken to him about this, but just with the, you know, that long suspension that he had and a few other things, I just think he lost his way perhaps a little bit. You know, even with the way he was riding, he failed to ride one out one day and just a few other things. I think he just needed to, to get away and clear his head and it looks like he's done that and he's come back and he's riding well. I was just thinking of a comment you made earlier on about Brody Lloyd's got to keep the weight right. He's not alone in that respect. You, you look at a jockey like Ryan Maloney, who rode the first winner yesterday. He is looking very fit, Ryan mm. Maloney. I've got to say, someone told me he went to a camp, uh, some sort of camp recently. He's looking, I'm not exactly sure what his, his weight range is at the moment, but just to look at him, he, he looks as lean as I've seen him. But it's a 24-7 task, isn't it? I mean, you just can't say, I'll do that next week. I mean, racing's 24-7, and you've got to keep the weight in check. Jimmy Orman's another one, tall boy, who, who has to look after his weight. In fact, he missed a ride yesterday because... Uh, he just couldn't quite make the allocated weight, and I think Taylor Marshall took the ride. But uh, skirt the law, that tier on the first, uh, uh, I thought its trial was was nothing flash. I know you can't read everything into trials, but the uh, the first starter here abounding, uh, favourite back has got off on the wrong leg, and she seemed to get off on the wrong leg. She didn't jump as smartly as we'd seen in the trials, and had to settle off the speed, but I thought she should have done a bit better in the straight. Yeah, me too. She didn't really know where she was, did she? I don't reckon. I reckon she got a bit lost, and when she didn't lead, just everything went out the window. So not how favourite backers wanted to start the day. But, yeah, good win to that um, Tony Gollan youngster, youngster for sure with Ryan Maloney, who we were just talking about, getting the day off to a nice start. And O.D. Wright continues his very good form for the Chris Wallace stable, winning another middle-distance race yesterday at an odds-on quote. Well, that's it. Hmm. That's it for you. When do you return? Early February. You sacked me. I don't know. No, you, you got me sacked. You're having a you're having a summer break, uh, but you're not having a break immediately because you're going to Perth. Yeah, I'll is that be, still on the cards? I'll be at the Winter Bottom in a couple of weeks, so uh, I'm happy to yeah, give you a ring and talk to you on Sunday morning for you know, a bit of a wash up for five minutes over there. So. It'll be early for you, remember? Yeah, but I think um, I think I'm on a nine o'clock plane or something like that. So seven o'clock Perth time or something. We'll work it out. But no, you're not sick because you're on press room tomorrow. So you haven't you sacked me from this, but you've kept me on press room. Yeah, Actually, in fairness, there's a lot to talk about on uh, press room tomorrow. It'll be a fascinating week. I've got to say, in Queensland racing history, with this Birdsville Jigger inquiry kicking off, it's a two-day hearing on Thursday and Friday. So, um, yeah, watch this space, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Good on you, Ben. Ben Dorries with us, and uh, he'll be back in the uh, early part of February. And, of course, Nathan Exelby returns next week to take us through the, the Summer Carnival. And speaking of the Summer Carnival, it officially starts next Saturday at the Sunshine Coast with the Malulabar Cup and the Swiss A. So it's all happening again right through to Magic Millions in the middle of January. We're looking forward to that. Thanks for your company this morning. Thanks to Archer Park Racing for their support of Pass the Post. We'll do it again next Sunday, but press room tomorrow morning. Look forward to being with you then. Have a good day. Bye-bye.